gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life Good afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trisha Neve's Focus on the Facts. My co-host, Patricia Negron, is off this week, but I have a very special guest, Jason Burmes, on the show today. As we do every week, we will continue to cover the takedown of the global child sex trafficking networks with the latest developments in the child tra- sex trafficking scandals of Jeffrey Epstein and the Nexium sex cult and the takedown of the pedophile protecting attorneys representing all these perverts. Jason has an excellent YouTube channel where I first learned of the arrest of Jeffrey Epstein a couple nights ago. Finding out that Epstein was finally arrested was the happiest day of the year for me. Jason puts out numerous videos every day on on the important public events, and he has provided exclusive coverage of the child sex trafficking networks. He has put out many videos on the Nexium and Epstein child sex trafficking rings, and his coverage of these events is unsurpassed by anyone else out there today. I encourage everyone to go to Jason's YouTube channel to get the latest developments in both of these cases. And people only need to go to the YouTube and type in Jason's name and his channel will come up. And I encourage everybody to subscribe to his channel because then you'll get notifications whenever he puts up a video. Um, I don't want to waste any more time on this summary because I want Jason to have as much time as he needs to give us the latest developments in the Epstein and Nexium cases. So I will welcome Jason to the show now to tell us about Epstein and starting with his court appearance this morning in New York. Welcome to the show, Jason. Well, uh, thank you so much for having me. And as we're speaking, we're actually awaiting uh, the district's attorney's office to announce uh, the charges against Epstein. However, the indictment is already available. And uh, I literally got that moments before going on the air with you. What I can tell you is at the end, there is an asset forfeiture clause. Now, this is a, a big deal because this would really possibly cripple the network no matter what, at least temporarily, because they'd be taking uh, his different residences and other assets. We'll see what they actually take. We'll see what they actually announce. Uh, We knew from the arrests that were made on the tarmac of uh, Teterboro Airport in New Jersey, where he was coming in from uh, Paris, France, that there were at least two charges that uh, carried a maximum sentence of 45 years. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they realize this guy is a flight risk and they're not going to let him out. However, I'm also a realist and saw what they did with Claire Brothman in the uh, Nexium case when there was plenty of evidence in those indictments that she should have never been let out, let alone with an ankle bracelet, and then given a plea deal in which she's going to get 21 to 72 months. If she gets more than 27, she can uh, appeal that and she paid out $6 million in uh, restitution. I mean, if that's not the smallest of slaps on the wrist for what they were alleging she had done, I don't know what is. Oh, I know it. I know. You know, when I say that, uh, you know, it was the happiest day for me of this year when I, when I heard you tell about Epstein being arrested, you know, I have a Roco uh, device, so I, I put all my subscriptions, they transfer over so I can watch them on TV, you know? And I had fallen asleep on the couch, and I woke up. I probably it was about midnight, I think. And I seen your headline, 
And it was like, oh, my God. I mean, this was out of the clear blue. I mean, me and Trish talk about this every week. I mean, we've been, you know, waiting for these records to get unsealed, you know. And then I seen your YouTube channel that he was arrested, and it was like, oh, my God. And I jumped up, and I hurried up and put it all out on, on, on my platforms, on, on the Internet. You know, I just couldn't believe it. This is a yeah, really no, big was surprise. Do you think it was a surprise myself. because they were hiding from him? They didn't want him to know he was going to be arrested? Well, I'll say this. Um, it, it's hard to tell. Now, about two weeks before this event, the Department of Justice announced after uh, some more investigating that they were going to allow the sweetheart deal that Acosta and company had given him on this previous charge. They said they couldn't repeal it due to the Crimes Victims Rights Act, not because it wasn't provable, but because there wasn't, it was a, it was a weird loophole, because there wasn't any uh, set rights or um, basic, basic punishment if they found this to be the case. So that was very troubling to me, and I was ex- extremely upset about it. And then earlier this week, there was a huge win where the court records of one of the defamation cases, which is a Virginia Roberts case, were going to be unsealed. Now, as those documents came out, I started doing deep dives on my YouTube channel. I'm big on actually showing people the documents and letting them make their own decisions. I don't like to put out hyperbole or, you know, uh, if I'm speculating, I will let you know. And in these documents, um, Bradley Edwards alleged on the behalf of Roberts that I believe while she was in Australia in 2015, she had met with the FBI and given them truthful information. This to me was confirmation that the FBI was at least continually doing their job. And it also alleged that not only did the network not stop in 2007 when all these charges were being brought against him and the deal was kind of being solidified, um, that it continued to the day of the filing of the document, which I believe was in January of 2017. And those were huge allegations to me. So I was as caught off guard as anybody. Uh, you know, it was a UFC fight night for me and my brother. And, uh, you know, I had my family with me. And I actually, I probably would have went straight live on my program had that not been the case. But I couldn't help myself. And I just kind of streamed the facts as they were coming in. And uh, at 1 a.m. that evening, I gave out a uh, update on what we did know. And I'm going to be doing another update after this program uh, on not only the U.S. District Attorney's uh, announcement, but the actual indictment itself and what we know about where Epstein is and the possibility of other people in this network, because again, with the unsealing of this documents, you see there was co-defendants on a lot of these Jane Doe cases, and they were basically women procurers of underage girls. So maybe they're also going to be arrested in this network. Back in 2010, when they were just being supposedly questioned, many of these co-defendants actually changed their names and identity and kind of went into hiding and restarted their lives. Right, right. Yeah, I watched those videos that, that you put out when you were on the release of those documents. They're excellent. You know, that's why I encourage people to go to your YouTube channel and sign up and subscribe because uh, you put out... I mean, I've been I've been researching this since probably every week on this radio show. We talk about this global sex trafficking. So that's probably over three years, you know. And I research this stuff every day. And I'm telling you, I found your videos, and you are excellent. I mean, you you put out everything. You know, it's just I really encourage people to go subscribe to your YouTube channel. 
because you are the best best reporter out there on this, these cases, as far as I can tell. After researching for over three years, you are the best reporter out there right now on these cases. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, I've been talking about this stuff. It didn't start with Nexium or even Jeffrey Epstein. You know, you look at the cowboy ring that was outed in the late 80s and the early 90s in the White House. You look at the connections to Barney Frank and the cowboy ring at the same time that was being outed at his D.C. apartment through a uh, young man named Stephen uh, Gottlieb, who was a hired assistant of his, and how it actually connected to the Chevy Chase school that was nearby. This stuff is simply not new. And I think that it's disgusting. It's abhorrent. I've been reporting on it for a long time now. When you look at somebody, for instance, like Dennis Hassert, who was able to make his way to the upper echelons of the political establishment in the United States as, at the time, the longest-serving Republican Speaker of the House, the third in line for the presidency of the United States. And this man, just a couple years ago, was labeled by a judge as a serial child molester for cases that dated back to when he was a gym teacher and wrestling coach. Think about that. When this man had nothing to do with politics, he was molesting young boys, according to a judge. Do you think he stopped all the way up through his political career? Well, of course not. And this man to this day has never served a day in prison for abusing children. He got a slap on the wrist uh, for 15 months for basically getting caught paying off one of his victims, which he claimed was a blackmail and extortion scheme, when in fact it was anything but. This guy still doesn't want his name public. Um, And, uh, you know, Hasser lied about it. I I mean, these people are serial sociopaths that are abusing children, and this should be alarming because they are in the upper echelons of not only politics, but business, and especially Hollywood as well. And it's Time to stop with this phony Me Too nonsense and focus on the real power players, not just the millionaires, but the billionaires that are controlling this industry of sex trafficking. Correct, correct. You know, and I view them as, I view them, we're, we're in the battle of our lifetime against Satanists. That's what I consider them all. They engage in, they engage in this, this child sex trafficking and, and, do satanic rituals and all this stuff. And these are our government officials at the top. Like you say, Hatzard, third in line to be president. And he's up there and this is what he's doing. And they get away with it. This is what I don't understand. Like you say, you're reporting all the way back to the 80s. This stuff was out there. How have they gotten away with this all this time? And I mean, old man Bush, you know, I mean, what a pervert. I mean, before he died and who even knows if he really died, but, um, He's groping women right out there in public then, at public doings when he's with his family, he's groping women. I mean, how long has this stuff got to go on before we can stop it? Well, I don't know. It's very tough. If you look culturally, even back to Roman times, it wasn't uncommon for the elitists there to just have a houseboy, a child that was there for their sexual purposes. And I think when you look at kind of the bloodlines and the lineage and the connections to say, the British royal family, you know, and uh, Prince Andrew is heavily entrenched in this Epstein scandal. They just think that they're better than us, that they are entitled to this sort of thing. For instance, uh, Ted Heath, Sir Edward Heath, who was the prime minister at the time that Britain was signed on, he's the guy that signed them into the EU, 
And we all know that Brexit is taking place and the people are in an uproar and they want out of that globalist organization. Well, through Operation Conifer, he would have had to answer to a multitude of uh, questions about the sexual abuse of young male children. This is, again, the U.K. prime minister. And we know that Jimmy Savile, through uh, Operation uh, Utree and other investigations, that not only was he a serial uh, pedophile of young girls, but he was a necrophiliac. This is a man who was working with Margaret Thatcher for children, handing out big checks. He was working with hospice. Okay, this is a guy that was knighted by the royal family. There were even reports that Prince Charles thought to make him the um, the uh, godfather of one of his sons. This is how entrenched they are. And uh, again, if didn't, you look at the, the ruling give, establishment, what's that? Didn't the Pope even give Sabal an award? I I'm not sure, but I think you are actually correct. I don't want to I don't want to say uh, for sure on that because uh, I'm not 100. percent But you probably are correct, and we know that even the upper echelons of the Catholic establishment, of the church establishment, they've been involved in high-level pedophilia and cover-ups. And that's really just coming to light in the last couple of decades. And it's almost accepted. Even though in the past couple of years we've had uh, the Pennsylvania District uh, Attorney's Office and come out and talk about literally hundreds if not thousands of victims over the last several decades in that one area alone. So this is a pandemic that needs to be dealt with. And it doesn't matter about somebody's uh, economic or political or religious prestige. They need to be treated like everybody else. And we have to stop with these lax laws on child abusers. These people that abuse children, they should be looking at life in prison. They should not be uh, paroled. They are predators that will be predators their entire lives. Well, right, you know, and, and Trisha and I cover the cover the Vatican pedophilia problem extensively too. And I said, all these priests that have been busted and, and named as being abusers, you know, they should be on on the on the internet where they like in Green Bay. You can pull up a thing on the internet; it'll show you where all the pedophiles live in this in this city. That should be the same for priests. Every priest should be labeled on that map pedophile priest that has been busted and has been accused and they should be labeled on there and we'll probably have to include every church in this town but have to be labeled well, as I, I mean, look at even the cover-up of that abuse whether or not they're participating oh. um it's been proven time and time again that those in the upper echelons not just in the vatican but also locally uh if they're not involved or encouraging this type of behavior they're covering it up it's a criminal institution, and it needs to be taken down. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all coming together now, you know, with the Nexium and all the Epstein, and, of course, the Vatican. You know, I follow Church Militant. They do a lot of good reporting on the Vatican, you know, and they're always going on about, you know, that the, there's, a, there's a homosexual mafia inside the Vatican, you know, and I, and I believe this to be true. And the, the thing is, is that um, – we can't bust these things, and it's only lately that men have come out, you know, that have been abused. So, I mean, for years, you know, we would hear reports about girls, you know, underage girls being abused. But now, you know, the men have come out, and and most of them, you know, go back to these priests and stuff. And I said, I really wish I could do a survey of, of gay men and ask how many, how many of them were sexually abused by a clergy when they were small children. 
find out, you know, because it was just was just last year that the Pope called one of the victims down there from, I think it was from Brazil or Argentina or something, over to the Vatican to talk to him, an abuse victim. And, and the abuse victim was upset because he's gay, you know. And the Pope told him, well, that was okay that, that he was gay. The, the, um, God made him that way. Oh, this is just horrible. You know, instead of, you know, no, he's gay because he was molested by these priests when he was little. You know, but then the Pope saying, oh, well, God, God okayed that, that he's gay. But it's okay if they're gay if the priest turned them that way. You know, this is so sick. It's just... Well, I would say this. I would say that there's no doubt that once, um, you know, a child is abused sexually, no matter by whom, uh, it affects their life decisions. It affects uh, their sexual orientation later in life. And it shatters them mentally in many ways that they're never, ever, ever going to be able to deal with fully. And that's the bottom line. You look at many of these people. You know, some people take to their abuse. Uh, you look at, for instance, uh, James Guckert or James Gannon and that scandal in the White House during uh, the W years. And, you know, there were a lot of rumors and people were trying to say he was Johnny Gosh. I'm certainly not alleging that. But when you had a fake newsman in the White House and he was there after hours all the time sitting in the front row, he was part of a, a blog called Talon News. And it, you find out that James Guckert is really uh, Jeff Gannon and that Jeff Gannon is a male prostitute and madam for MilitaryStuds.com. And then you see, you know, George Bush cheek to cheek with him. You see him hugging him. Uh, again, he's at the White House all the time. There's a picture of him, a video of him kissing his bald head. I, I didn't know this is how you act. I've never kissed another bald man's, uh, bald man's head before. I think that'd be a little bit odd, especially somebody who's supposed to be working in the White House press corps. So I, I think there's a lot to say about, you know, what these people become. And, and I also think a lot of these predators... Um, you know, especially on these high levels that are uh, part of these elite families are, families are often abused as children as well. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I believe that. You know, we're talking about when children are abused as children. You know, I was molested as a child by certain ones of my parents' friends and things like this, and I wouldn't name them now. They're dead now, you know, and stuff. But but now that I hear what is happening to these these children now that are being, I mean, my abuse seems minimal compared to what has happened, what I'm seeing happening to children now. But like you say, and we developed the sense that we can spot molesters. I can to this day spot a molester. And, and I don't know, I don't even know how. But they say that molesters can spot children that have been abused too, that they take on this look. Well, it could be, you know, but, but I can spot them. I mean, there was this priest, I had this foster son, and, and um, we lived in De Pere, and there was this priest that uh, my foster son and his friends were all friends with, you know, and I became suspicious immediately, you know, and I, and I warned him, you know, that don't be going up to that guy's uh, little room having wine with him or something. I'm warning him, you know, and stuff. And then we went to the store one night, and there was the priest, you know, and my foster son introduced us, you know, and I looked him right in the eye, and I knew. I knew immediately that he was a pedophile. And then he had, like, a 17-year-old kid standing behind him. And I looked him right in the eye, and, and it was just as much as tell him, I know what you are. You know, well, it wasn't, but a month or two later, he was busted, you know, for sexually abusing children. You know, that we can spot them. We can spot these perverts. Uh, abuse victims can. But what's going on now 
I mean, it just makes me feel like what happened to me was nothing compared to what is happening to these children now. Well, again, I would say this. I think through technology, through sharing of information, especially that expansion over the last uh, 20 plus years on the internet, uh, videos being a medium that speak to a lot of people where, you know, you'd have to find a book. Someone would have to either give you a book or you'd come across it and you'd read it. And now people can put a lot of information uh, densely into, you know, 10, 15 minute presentations or 90 minute films. And it helps the research. It helps the awareness of how bad this abuse is. I suspect, again, especially researching um, things like the Franklin scandal and others um, at, in, in the upper echelons, this has been going on for an extremely long time, and they all seem to have similar models. You know, you look at, for instance, uh, the Nexium cult, and it took shades of Scientology, but at the same time, you know, there is uh, this similarity to SRA or satanic ritual abuse, giving yourself over to somebody, um, brand, it wasn't even really a brand, it was a surgical uh, scar and symbol that you were giving, uh, a hierarchy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's, it's bizarre for sure. Uh, it's not something the common person uh, thinks about. But again, now that we're seeing more and more of this and people, you know, even that aren't on an elite level have a taste for this kind of sickness, you know, sociopaths exist. And it's not only just the elitist. There are a lot of underlings. And listen, there are sickos out there, period. You know, and you see what they're capable of. I think we can only imagine what some of these people are capable of. Right. You know, and yeah, in the Nexium now, they were running those um, little child centers or whatever. So they were just grooming children from birth, weren't they? Uh, I don't know about birth, but they, uh, these were like two and three year old children in some cases. And what you're referring to is the uh, Rainbow Cultural Garden. As I understand right. it, they had 11 of these globally. They had uh, at least one in California, I believe two in Florida, uh, at least one in Mexico, and I think a couple in Europe. And this was one of the things in the indictment that shocked me is that Claire Bronfman, she was um, using her power to get visas for young women. Um, they don't specify what age from different countries that she would get over as teachers. They weren't teachers. They were to be used as, you know, basically sex slaves for Ranieri and his cronies and then teach at these schools where they had access to these small children. And they were supposedly teaching them like three or four languages at once when they were uh, toddlers. And, of course, none of this worked. They had a high-end clientele, which is extremely bizarre. And on top of that, you know, at the time, Ranieri was with 15-year-olds, 12-year-olds in these documents. Why would you want your children anywhere around these people? Why would they invest in a, um, a slew of basically preschools where toddlers where they had access to toddlers. You have to ask yourself these questions. Right, right. And, you know, an old lady Bush, Barbara Bush, was on one of the boards for London Child Centers. Well, I mean, again, you look at the, the Bush family, and uh, you go all the way back to uh, the D.A.R.E. program with drugs and them going around the country with people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and at the same time, her husband was heavily embedded in the Iran-Contra scandal that had come out during the Reagan presidency where they were the ones shipping the drugs in. Right, right. This is all so insane. Wow. 
Well, what do you think? Uh, do you think that um, the Nexium case is done now? I sure hope not. Um, it's very suspicious to me that Keith Raniere didn't even put up a defense. Uh, he didn't call one witness. Uh, basically let his lawyer give a closing statement. He was found guilty on, uh, I think, every charge. He's looking at a, a ton of time. But at the same time, Claire Bronfman gets to walk with almost nothing, puts down $14.3 million for everybody else's legal fund, including Allison Mack and Lauren and Nancy Salzman, etc. And I think their sentencing is going to be light. I hope and pray that they're going to bring up more charges against Bronfman and others. I don't suspect it. Sarah Bronfman is still out of the country. Perhaps there's an indictment on her. Um, uh, Emmanuel Salinas, who is the son of the former Mexican president and basically running the Mexican wing of this organization, this quote-unquote success program, no charges against him yet. So I don't know. It's tough for me to say, but then again, I was shocked that Epstein was arrested over the weekend. So I'll never say never. Right, right, right. Now, are they taking all of um, Brockman's assets? No. They're, they're no? taking all of the assets that they can connect to Nexium. But Rainier himself kind of protected him from, himself from that because he didn't own anything. Um, anything bought through that name, or I think Allison Mack, um, who was married to Nikki Klein, and Nikki Klein, no charges against her, and there are reports that she's currently running the organization at a Clifton Park near Albany. That's a very real possibility, and that it yeah, hasn't that's what died. I was going to ask you about that. I heard that that somebody else is running the show now. Well, I mean, I think that behind the scenes, the same people are, but for the day to day stuff, Allison Mack's show wife, Nikki Klein, who was another person, you know, part of this cult that didn't get indicted, um, uh, there's a good possibility she's doing that. So I don't know. I hope it's not over. I'm going to continue to shine light on it. I hope others are. And uh, I'm not going to just let the Bronfman and Salinas uh, connections go by the wayside. Right, right. I had uh, Frank Parlato on the show, and, and he was try- I was asking him, how do they convince these women to give this compromising material on themselves? You know, and he seemed to think is, is that is that one the, the one woman is she a um a therapist a hypnotist um i think that you're referring to the doctor who still has not been on, indicted on any charges and the person that um actually uh did the branding work and there was another um associate that was showing some of these women snuff films without them being ready for it um, I think that at some levels, mind control is a very real thing. And like you said, hypnosis, uh, neuro-linguistics programming, they all follow these same models. You know, these success programs, for instance, these self-help things, what do they all have in common? Well, they come from Richard Bandler and Class of the Master, people like Tony Robbins are disciples of this guy. And what do they use? They use verbal and physical cues to try to convince you of the the position in some of my videos on nexium and on ranieri especially uh during my uh, time with we are change i would show ranieri touching people in the way that he talked to him he's clearly using nlp on them but i i doubt he was the only one and once you get so entrenched in these things you kind of get lost um people do things and get carried away step by step it's called incre- incrementalism and once you cross a line uh, maybe you are willing to not only give up photographs of yourself and videos of yourself, but confessions, for instance. They were making uh, these women confess to abuse by their family members that never happened. 
in case they turned on Nexium. I mean, how sick and twisted is that, that these are the abusers, and they would make these women make false claims against their family? Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know that I will ever understand this insanity. I just, it's just so hard for me to grasp, you know. And these, and these, these, these Hollywood pedophiles, we have got to expose them. I mean, over the last couple of years, there's been many, but, but in the Me Too movement, that's focusing on women, you know, that were exploited, sexually molested, or exploited, or whatever. But, uh, I look at it as that's taking away from what's really going on as far as the children. Well, I think grown women, I think there are a lot of young girls that are actually taken advantage of in Hollywood as well as uh, young men, obviously. For instance, last week I did a video on Bella Thorne. Now, Bella Thorne, Mm -hmm. pretty big actress at this point. She's been embedded in Hollywood since she was six. She had her own Disney show. And apparently... A couple weeks back, maybe a month back, she claimed that she had been hacked. And because she had been hacked, she decided to release um, these nudes that had been hacked herself. Okay? She said, you know what? They're already out there. I'm going to do it. Now, the media focused in on that. But what they didn't focus in on is that she was putting out a biography and in an interview, she said that she had been sexually molested from the time she was 6 to 14. And she was very graphic about it. And there were almost no headlines regarding that, if any, in the mainstream media. And they didn't want to focus on that abuse. Now, you think about this. This is a child actress in big Hollywood movies, um, you know, with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. She's on the Disney Channel where they breed a lot of these superstars. You know, some of the Disney Channel kids you can think of that became superstars, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, Ariana Grande, Etc. Uh, Bella Thorne is another one of those, but in the acting realm, and we're talking about a six-year-old. And she said everybody around her knew. How sick is that system that we allow it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it is so sick. I mean, out in Hollywood, right in these Disney, these poor Disney kids, you know. And I've done a lot of research, you know, on the perversion that Disney has just put out. Well, since I'm a child. I mean, I, I'm sure you have done this. Have you have you done um, research like on their cartoons and stuff and all the filth that they have in their cartoons that they put right under our noses? Well, I mean, if you want to look at some of the subliminal messaging, I mean, well, there's obviously the famous SEX in the clouds. I don't know if that's done on a corporate level or that's done by the animators. But if you now look at who they have running the show at some of these shows for Nickelodeon and Disney uh, Dan Schneider comes to mind. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to make any allegations here, but I've done videos about those allegations, and they are plentiful. And, uh, again, they have started to sexualize children. You do see kids on these shows that aren't even, you know, 10 years old yet, um, wearing makeup, talking about boys, et cetera, et cetera. And I think there is a push in Hollywood, especially lately, and you see – um, the glamorization of quote-unquote drag kids right, and pushing right. hormones on kids. Listen, you can't buy cigarettes in this country legally until you're 18, and you can't buy alcohol until you're 21, and you're telling me that you're going to take a prepubescent child and inject hormones in them to try to change their sex? Uh, that is absolute insanity to me. Look, as a grown adult, you do whatever you want, you act however you want with other grown adults, but it, it's pretty clear at this point, that the media, not just 
you know, Disney, not just Nickelodeon, but the media in general is pushing this on us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if we object to it, you know, they push this on us and we're supposed to, we're supposed to accept this, you know, and if we don't, then we're discriminating against these people, you know, and, and then, you know, and we go into the sex education they're putting in our schools, teaching children about how to have anal sex and how to masturbate and use sex toys and all this stuff. This is just outrageous. And if we object to it, then, then they say we're discriminating against these people. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty scary world out there. And again, when, um, you know, my, I, I take care of my uh, eight and 10 year old niece. And last year when she was seven, you know, you had one of these kids that was dressing like a girl. I think he was a seven or eight year old uh, little boy. And the teachers have to call him a, a little girl when he was dressing like a little girl. And the bathroom thing is a very real thing in my state of New York. And I'm not anywhere near the city. Uh, so the insanity has gone pretty far. You know, when I have to have a talk with the kids that there are biological males and there are biological uh, females and that the XY chromosome is a real thing and just explain it on that level, it is troublesome. But just that I would have to talk about any uh, kind of a uh, sex act or biology with a toddler because of that right. is bizarre to say the least. Oh, I know. it. I mean, when we talk about all this stuff, so many things fly into my head you know, what they're doing to our children, you know, and I said, this sex education that's in schools, you know, and people, I don't know if they weren't paying attention while it was being hauled in there, that now they're out protesting and stuff. I said, well, my kids were little, they would have never got that in a school that they were going to, that I would have been there or never got in there to begin with, much less would I have to be in there protesting to get it out. You know, that parents need to wake up and look at what they're doing in, in our public schools. That this, I mean, and they're, they're talking about things, Jason, that I never even knew about. I mean, they're teaching kids how to have the anal sex. I never even heard of that till I was 19 years old. You know, this is so insane to me. They're, they're teaching, these sex, teaching them sex acts that I never even heard of till I was an adult. And like you said, in, in, in lower grades, too. Insane what's going on in this country. And Putin coming out, you know, and, and, and saying about this transgender business, that, you know, that, that this LBG, and I can't even keep those initials straight, you know. But I learned, I don't know, a week or two ago that the Q on the end means questioning. Well, for God's sake, questioning. So one day a, a kid says, I'm a boy, and I'm supposed to remember to call him a he. Then the next day he decides, well, I'm a girl, so then I'm supposed to call it a she. This is just so insane. Yeah, no, but and then they try to add a plus nonsense. onto it, and now you're binary. Now you're a zero or a one, and I've seen people uh, did a story uh, for We Are Change back in the day where um, a transgender woman or something was uh, identifying as a dog, and she had this little weird leather dog outfit and acted like a dog around her quote-unquote significant other during the day. And, you know, they're, they're trying to promote this kind of uh, insanity, I think, not only to confuse people, but to get us so divided and focused on, you know, issues that weren't, weren't even issues. They were episodes on the Jerry Springer show that nobody focused on. And now they're pushed by the media in, in an effort, I believe, to just drive people to the brink of insanity. Oh, right. Right. I mean, and nobody is ever going to change my mind that there's only male and female. I am never 
going to accept that there's umpteen genders out there. You know, but everything that we've been taught, or I was taught since birth, now they're throwing up in the air that it isn't true. You know, that there's all these genders and all this stuff. And yes, and having to talk to little toddlers about these sex acts, I mean, this is so bizarre. I can't even imagine. I can remember my childhood so well. And I can picture back when I'm four and five years old. Nothing like this would have came into my mind. Nothing about this sex business. But now they're they're putting this sex education in schools and teaching these little kids this stuff. Who is behind all this? Who the hell in these schools is behind all this? If this was happening when my kids were little, I would have kicked every one of those school board members off if they passed stuff like this to go in them schools. Who is be, who is actually behind this mess? I mean, I guess that's the kind of big question, but uh, listen, when you get to the upper echelons of political power, of Hollywood power, of business power, um, you are littered with some of these sickos. Now, that's not to say all of them, but again, look at a guy like Jeffrey Epstein. There are reports now, they're trying to say that he's not a billionaire, but if he's not a billionaire, how was he able to afford all these properties, have uh, complete immunity everywhere? Forbes is actually putting that out. Uh, within the last couple of hours. Look, when when you're that elite, maybe you just have a pension for it because you've had every other thing out there. I don't know. Maybe there's just darkness in your heart. Maybe it had uh, happened to you as a kid, and like I said, in these elite uh, circles, and you think it's okay and that it's right. It's hard for me to believe uh, that kind of mentality, but again, it seems like a generational problem. You know, it didn't just start in the 80s when it began to be exposed. If you go back far enough, uh, there are prominent people that did this and did it with impunity. Right. I think I think with the Internet, hey, that's why people are finding out more stuff now. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all right, so just go back into the 70s. Um, look at people like uh, Aerosmith T- Steven Tyler. He basically bought a 15-year-old girl from his parents, traveled with her. Uh, you know, look at Jerry Lee Lewis going back further than that. Married his cousin when she was, I believe, 12 or 13 years old. Um, Presley. If you look at the allegations against uh, Elvis Presley, you know, he liked 14. 14-year-old girls and uh, was right. not shy about about it. We go on and on and on and on, and that's just uh, the entertainment elite. Those Think about the people that are signing their checks. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know who's at the top of all this. I don't know why. Uh, this gets promoted, per se, but uh, it is pure evil, and you do see it as, as a penchant for some very powerful people. Well, yeah, and, and I've heard that, uh, that the CIA is behind is running this operation with Epstein. That well, you know, a lot of that's derived That he can compromise everybody? World leaders? Well, I mean, if you look at those ex- uh, experiments, there's no doubt that they were using uh, prostitutes. And remember, laws were a little different back then. Uh, on the East Coast and the West Coast during these experiments, and uh, they would use them to uh, get dirt on people. So they would have prominent politicians or others targeted by these uh, women. They would get information. They would uh, film or they would audio tape these encounters and then blackmail them later on. And that was absolutely a central intelligence agency program that came out in the 70s. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, um, one of my many videos on MK Ultra goes about goes into it in detail and shows you the archive footage and shows you the uh, the documents. So that's a hundred percent true. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is a scary time to live right now for me. And I'm 68, almost 69. And I'll tell you, this is the scariest time in my lifetime. And I really do believe that we are battling the Satanists. And this is a battle of our lifetime. Well, I mean, again, if you look at uh, Ranieri himself, you know, um, the guy that they're calling the head of Nexium, although I feel like, you know, a front figure at best, but he compared himself to a devil. I have a video on that. I show it. And uh, he, he reveled in things like that. And if you look at the tenets of Satanism on their face, it's a very self-serving religion. It's a do-as-thou-wilt uh, religion. And it is bizarre that, you know, even going to the Bohemian Grove where they do these weird occult rituals, and now it's a band of 3,000 of the most uh, elite people in the Anglo-American establishment that go visit there, that they do the cremation of care and a mock sacrifice. It's very, very bizarre that these uh, rituals actually take place and that they're part of organizations uh, like Skull and Bones at Yale when they're in college, where they're in the tomb, et cetera, et cetera. And there is a long, long history, again, if you want to delve not 20, 30, 40, 50 years back, but hundreds of years back, of people very much being into the occult. Oh, yes. And, and I've had uh, Fiona Barnett on my show. She's an MKL survivor. And um, she, she explained how um, she, went to, she, she went to Bohemian Grove, and she was right there when she was only like six years old, I think, by the Reverend Billy Graham at Bohemian Grove, and um, she was uh, raped at Disneyland by uh, Ted Turner. She said at Disneyland, they have pedophile parties at night. You know, this is a, yes, and this would have been, you know, a long time ago, but this is going on, and it continues to go on, but I'm hoping that we are going to stop it now. Well, you know, a lot of people hear things like that, and, you know, I can't speak to those allegations, but I can speak to the fact that when you look what's out in the public, if you see what's in some of these leaked emails, these unsealed indictments, and you look at the names and you hear the allegations of not one woman or two women or dozens of women, but then hundreds of women with the same types of stories when flight records and little black books confirm everything they're saying, well, we have to look at it. And again, when you got a guy like Hassert that can make his way all the way up to the third in line of the presidency and never once be charged with child abuse after being labeled as a serial child molester by a judge, you know, the fix is in. And it is very dark and it is very upsetting. And you have to keep your mind open to a lot of things that wouldn't ever occur to normal people. Because guess what? We're normal. Yeah, right. Well, don't you think that that's why they, they moved Hazard up the rank in, in politics? Because they knew that he was doing this, so they had blackmail material on him from the word go. A lot of people put that stuff out there, uh, and, and that's a, a possibility. But how many other people are involved in this type of stuff that we never hear about? Again, if you look at uh, those investigations in the U.K., um, there are people that are named that there were never really large allegations against. And, you know, at this point, some of them are allegations, but many of them, I believe, are going to be proven to be true, period. So you look at, for instance, another guy like Mark Foley, right? Mark right. Foley, um, he was, uh, I believe, out of... Florida. He went on the Chris Hansen show. 
you know, the Have a Seat show. He championed him. He helped with uh, legislation against children. And what did he get caught doing? Well, he got caught sexting 15-year-old male pages. You know, he was one of them. He didn't ever go to jail. He, he went to rehab. We seem to let these people go to rehab after things like this. And he walks a free man today, and, you know, he's not pushed politically, but at the same time, he's got his own radio show, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, he still does? I, I'm pretty sure he's still like a, a conservative talk radio guy. I, I mean, some of these people get to stay in the public eye. For instance, do, doesn't everybody think unless uh, this Epstein stuff connects out further to, say, a Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey's trying to get his career back. You know, that last uh, case where he was, you know, grabbing the, the guy's junk and uh, they were in mm-hmm. court just a week ago, well, that got settled. However, over in Scotland Yard, out in London, he was being asked about six more abuse cases. And remember when he was outed as trying to take advantage of, I think, a then 14-year-old boy who uh, became a, a grown uh, male actor, um, he said, well, I'm gay. Well, what does being gay have to do with taking advantage of a 14-year-old kid? It's not the same thing. No, you're an attempted child molester at the very least. And, you know, who is he doing movies for? Brian Singer, another Hollywood elitist that was heavily outed with some of his cronies in Hollywood uh, by the film An Open Secret. So, I mean, we can unravel these facts again and again and again, but like I said, the entertainment and political industries are just filled with these people. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and nothing ever... Brian Singer hasn't ever went to jail for anything, has he? Uh, Brian Singer has never done a day in jail for any of these allegations. Absolutely not. Wow. And, you know, when people, you know, and we always focus on the men, you know, well, then people like Cher out here, she raped, she, at 29, she raped a, a 13-year-old kid, you know, that it's just as bad when the women are doing this as it is. Well, I would say men. that, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes to light outside of Hollywood is we often see, you know, female teachers in schools also taking uh, advantage of sometimes even preteen boys. And for some reason, our, our society thinks that that's okay. Well, I don't, and I think it's insane as well, and I think that these women need to be uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law as well. For instance, uh, shortly after Anthony Bourdain's death, uh, the woman that she was, he was dating, uh, who was a famous director's daughter and a longtime actress, et cetera, et cetera, um, had allegations where, she, where it came out, you know, she was having sex with a 16-year-old uh, guy and it kind of just blew by the wayside yeah 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 they seem to with women it's it's like it's not important what they do with boys yes it is yes it is and this bit about these about these um clergy these priests raping boys and stuff you know my ex-husband had an uncle that was a priest and and he molested him when he was a, a small child and and this ex-husband he, he is really kind of rather shy and everything but he admitted to me that after his uncle did that, he did wonder about himself. Must he be gay or something? Or why would this priest uncle do this to him? You know, well, it well, didn't again, stick. Again, you, did, you look, you look at a lot of but, stuff, but, and, um, you know, they have a, a terminology. Even Milo Yiannopoulos talked about how even in the gay male community, it's more accepted um, that you go after younger teenage boys. They call these guys chicken hawks. And um, I, I won't talk much about, quote-unquote, Pizzagate or Pedogate, but James Alephantis, 
who's in these emails and, um, you know, had a pretty sick and twisted Instagram account. He posted, um, you know, congratulations um, to the outing of a, a man who was a, a murderer during the club scene. And uh, this person who was one of these, like, celebrated club artists, uh, I forget what his name is, there was video of him back during those club scene bragging about being a quote-unquote chicken hawk and targeting, you know, teenage and preteen boys. Right. Right. And these people just walk free. It's, just, it's really scary. Really scary that not protecting our children from these monsters, but they're so high up that... Oh, it's really scary. But I'll tell you this, uh, when, when I seen you announcing that Epstein was was arrested, it was like almost, I wondered if I was dreaming, it's like, could this really be happening? And I mean, it was late at night, like I said, I woke up and I just happened to catch it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This didn't really happen. You know, I've been waiting for it for so long that out of the clear blue like that. So, um, so... Did in the indictment that was unsealed, aren't they going after Epstein's uh, assets? So this is this is a totally new indictment. These are not the unsealed court documents of the um, of the uh, stuff that came out like a week ago. Said there was going to come out. That's Virginia Guffey Roberts. This uh, new indictment. I'm actually uh, going to be going live shortly after this, reading the entire thing. It's 14 pages. It's all about his New York uh, mansion trafficking operations a lot of that will have to do with my video on jane doe 43 and beyond it kind of lists out some of the people there and then uh, maria farmer was the first person uh, apparently to go to the fbi in uh, the late 90s regarding uh the new york property so uh i still have to watch the press conference after this and uh read the entire indictment but it's out there in the public sphere if people want to go see it they can go check it out uh on my twitter Right, right. Yeah, people definitely tune in. I'll be tuning in. Um, yeah, now Mueller was at the head of the FBI when this, this deal with Epstein went down. So Mueller's, you know, and right in that, in that um, gal that you just mentioned, um, Mueller was head of the FBI, I think, then when she went to the FBI and, about Epstein and they didn't do anything about him. Um, uh, I don't Mueller, uh, Mueller became the head of the FBI shortly before 9-11 but was the head of the FBI during um, the federal investigation into Epstein regarding his Palm Beach property and those allegations. Right. So, so when we blame everything on Acosta, uh, Mueller was at the head of that, so he's probably the one that okayed that plea deal. Well, M- Mueller is part of the documents for sure. Um, Acosta had a much different, you know, he was in the state's dis- attorney office, um, and I, I think the main beef out there, again, is that they didn't have to hand it over to the FBI. Um, there's a lot of odd things going on there. I was able to read parts of the pre-non-prosecution agreement. Uh, probably gonna, I'm not sure if I did that on the air yet or not, but if not, there's going to be a video on that. I described it. And basically what they did is while they made the deal, they deferred all the charges but said there were ongoing investigations with the FBI and that at any time uh, during him being in jail or up to three months after, they could recharge him with everything uh, from the beginning. So, uh, again, there's so many documents to go through with this latest unsealing, and uh, this one document is actually going to be a cakewalk to look at because it's only 14 pages. Right, right. When you were talking about um, 
that Brockman sister only getting that 24 to 27 months and that bit about then she can appeal if they give her over 27 months. Isn't that outrageous? It's completely outrageous. 21 to 72 months. So what you would yeah. be looking at is less than two years in all likelihood, especially with the $6 million in restitution. And if it somehow goes over two years, AKA more than two uh, years and three months, 27 months, then she can just appeal and it can uh, maintain in court. I mean, this is a woman that was wearing an ankle bracelet anyway. It's not like she spent any time in jail. And her father, who was, uh, you know, everybody calls him uh, the Seagram's billionaire. Yes, Seagram's was part of it, but also the entertainment industry. And, oh, yeah, he was also the head of the World Jewish Congress, and he was given the Medal of Freedom by uh, Bill Clinton. He also happened to be a mentor to Hillary Clinton. Right, right. Yeah, and 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 the Brockman sisters weren't they members of the um, Clinton Foundation or the Clinton Initiative or whatever? Um, I'm not sure what foundations or initiatives they were part of, but in the indictments, Claire Bronfman is accused of uh, campaign finance fraud with, I believe it was Nancy Salzman. So at the time when they were um, at the heads of this Nexium organization, they were making members donate the maximum amount, which was twenty seven hundred dollars. During 2007, during her primary campaign to try to run for president in 2008, and they raised, I think, over $30,000. And, of course, they were promised they were going to get that money back from Claire Bronfman, and it was in exchange for political favors. Uh, On top of that, they hacked their father. Um, In fact, one of the videos I have, one of the first Nexium videos, if not the first, I think it's maybe the second on my page, maybe not, you got to go check, but was on uh, the symposium they held out here in Albany. The Times Union has uh, been doing some amazing work on this subject, and one of them was a lawyer who had beat them in a civil case regarding all the hacking that they were doing. You know, they had hacked into Edgar Bronfman's uh, computer and uh, compromised emails from Hillary Clinton to him. Right, right. And weren't they, didn't they hack a bunch of judges' uh, computers, too? There are a lot of allegations that they act a lot of things and had a lot of blackmail on a lot of people. Yeah, and they said Chuck Schumer, that they got to look at his financial records or something like that. Um, that is out there. I've never confirmed that. Yeah. So they obviously, by doing that, they obviously got a lot of information to blackmail everybody with. I mean, it appears that, you know, again, their, their, uh, their hacking stuff was, was the real deal, that they were using it uh, to blackmail people. And remember, Nexium is still in existence. Yeah, yeah. Now, that Gillibrand, now, wasn't her, it's running for uh, president. Now, wasn't her family members of that Nexium cult? Well, what happened was um, her father, uh, Doug Rutnick, uh, did get signed on as a consultant and do, would do PR work for that company. He's a powerful lawyer in the region. Um, what's kind of unbelievable is that he was working there at the same time Roger Stone was working there, and that he got his, I believe, second cousin, who was his daughter's first cousin, uh, out of the Nexium cult and then married her. So Gillibrand, who is running for president, uh, her father is married to her cousin, and when she was asked about Nexium uh, a couple months ago, she said she didn't know much about it. Well, that's obviously a lie. Yeah, because wasn't she at that? It wasn't she at that uh, Hillary fundraiser or whatever where they put together all that money um, 
to get to Hillary? And wasn't she sitting at the front tables, at the Nexium tables at that fundraiser? Uh, I can't confirm that, but I can tell you she's a senator in New York. And um, right. especially, you know, at the time that she became a senator, it was at the time where Clinton was starting to leave and go and be a uh, presidential candidate. And then when that failed, a cabinet member. So I would assume that their paths crossed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here we sit today, you know, one of the candidates is is running, was affiliated with Nexium, And then uh, the same thing that, um, so, so, so many other people involved in this are all, all involved with these sex cults. I mean, how did we go all these years with a serial rapist like Bill Clinton running around on the loose and, and Hillary's out there running for president? And, and this is just laid aside like this isn't important. Well, again, there are certainly a ton of allegations against Bill Clinton. But again, you, look, you go back to the 80s connection when he is the governor of Arkansas. And uh, Mena, Arkansas, is one of the places they're running uh, the drugs through from South America during Iran-Contra. The Bushes and the Clintons have always had an amazing relationship, despite the fact that Bill Clinton is the one that beat George H.W. for the presidency. And then you find out that at least 26 times he was on Epstein's plane. So, yeah, it is shocking, but look, we're at a time where Uh, a popular TV series with Kevin Spacey starring as a presidential character is a murderer. He's bisexual. Um, He does the occult rituals at Bohemian Grove. And people don't even bat an eye because not because they think it's fiction, but because this stuff has now been out there for so long that even those that scoff at it realize it's better than reality. Really, really well. Our time's up, Jason. I'm so happy that you could come on, and I encourage everybody to go watch your video as soon as this show is done. So thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Bye now. Okay. We'll see you next week, people. Have a good week. Goodbye. Yeah.